Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Gary Loper with me. Gary is a coach and a Twitter expert. He's on Success Harbor Podcast today to help you grow your business and your networking through Twitter. Welcome. Thank you, George. It's a pleasure being in the harbor. It's always great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much uh, for being here, Gary. Uh, Tell us how you got started on Twitter. Well, actually, I was was introduced to Twitter back in June of 2008. I was at an an event uh, that was hosted by Bob Berg and his business partner, Tom Scott, called Extreme Business Makeover. And one of their speakers was Dave Lacanti, and he, Dave is one of the, the world's experts in persuasion. And one of the elements of his presentation, he talked about Twitter and about social connecting. And he said, this is something that you need to get on. So I took his advice, and I, I jumped onto Twitter, and we just started going with it. And Twitter was only about a year and a half old then, so it was really in a raw, raw form. Now, nobody knew what they were really doing. So I just started playing around on Twitter, like everybody else was, trying to be able to find my voice, get some leverage. Where things really started turning for me was in November of that same year, 2008, um, I was doing massage work for people with disabilities. And the funding for that program was eliminated. Now, not only was 90% of my income gone, but I'm an internal rewards person, and a lot of the emotional support that I got from seeing my clients in their home every day, well, not every day, two or three times a week, connecting with their family and just being a part of some of those households was emotionally fulfilling for me, and that was all gone. So one of the things that I did is over over my lifetime, I started collecting a lot of motivational quotes. And one of the ways to be able, that I used to try to be able to pick myself up from the funk that I was in from losing this job and losing these emotional connections was I started posting tweets, motivational tweets, to try to lift myself up. Because I had gotten into a funk. I was on the couch for probably far too long. And what I really found was that people started resonating with those quotes. They started retweeting them quite a bit. They started asking questions. And then I saw the potential for me to be able to dust off my coaching certificates. And they said, okay, this is my calling. So one door closes, another opens. And I saw that I was doing some coaching segments in 140 characters or less with people who are asking questions, trying to be able to help shine a little brighter light in, into their life and it you know and it's just been an amazing journey since then so uh, early on when you started out you basically were actually interacting with people it was more like just push 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 stuff out right and then no, nobody it, i don't care what who's going to say what no that inter, that interaction is what is really interesting to me I just started putting motivational quotes out, and it was selfish because I was trying to be able to lift my, my own spirits up. And I thought, okay, by sharing things that were important to me was helping me feel better. And what we got as a little bit of a, a feedback on it was it was helping other people feel better as well. 
And, you know, I, 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 I wasn't looking to try to be able to, I wasn't selling anything. I wasn't trying to be able to push anything. I was sharing other people's quotes, you know, in retweeting and we'll share, you know, we can share more with that later. But I was just looking to connect with people. And, in, and and just by sharing universal messages, and it was it, it was so interesting because people from every possible group that you would imagine had met in you know came together in my in my Twitter stream, you know gangster rappers, Tea Party people, you know people on different sides and you know of wars in the Middle East, the whole yeah. world, the whole world was there. Because I was sharing these universal truths, it's something that somebody could be, everybody could relate to, and it was it was really amazing. And because you just never know the effect of a tweet on on how yeah. how we can be able to change somebody's lives. And you know, if, if we have a minute, I can sh I can share with something, you know, very very uh, emotional story. Yeah, if you can do it fairly briefly, because yeah. I have a lot of questions sure. for you. No, and, and this is the power of a single tweet, and sometimes people don't understand how a, how a tweet can be able to, to impact somebody's life. But every day people are telling me about, you know, that you know, it was a great reminder, thanks for posting that, hey, you know, it was a good, good idea. But there's been a couple times, I think probably three, the last time it was in February of 2014, this year, a young lady was contemplating taking her life. And she saw one of my just for today affirmations, and something struck an accord with her that she she decided to be able to stay and be able to work with the debilitating disease that she had to be able to help herself handle it better and to be able to help other people going through the same thing so this was a really a powerful message to me that we don't un we don't know how somebody else somewhere on the other side of the world or maybe right next door can be impacted by sharing a motivational uplifting tweet that's, you know, like I said, it started out helping myself, but then I saw how much it was helping other people, even in these situations where a tweet helps save a life, you know, that's some of the power of, of Twitter that I, th I don't think that you can be able to have on other places. Yeah, uh, that's a great story. Now, you know, I've noticed that you have two Twitter accounts, and I, you know, some of the people that I come across have many, many Twitter accounts, but both of those accounts have a, quite a lot of followers. One of them uh, has 67 followers, the other one has 116,000. So, what do we, what did you have to do to get this many followers, and what, what can we do to get uh, maybe not 116, but at least some few thousand followers? You start building traction. There's a lot of things that you can do. Um, this will probably be a good place to be able to explain one of the things uh, my four E's of effective tweeting. And so. To tweet, your tweet should contain one or maybe more of these four elements. So your tweet should be entertaining. And entertaining is subjective, so you have to be able to understand what's entertaining to you and what's going to be entertaining to your audience. Your tweets also need to be educational, you know, helping them teach something. And some some of the people that I've worked with have indicated, oh, well, great, now I can be able to send you the, the article about how great my juice is. 
I, this isn't a selling opportunity. This is an education as far as helping them with, with something else. If it's a third-party thing that validates what you're doing or some, you know, uh, an article or a post by one of your mentors, something that educa will educate them. You also want to be able to enhance their lives. And that's where the motivational tweets come in for me is you want to be able to put something on there you, that will impact and make a positive change in somebody's life. The fourth E is engagement. You want to be able to either create engagement, but to create engagement, you first have to be able to engage with other people. Comment on their posts. Answer questions that, that they're asking. And then when you start building and earning the earning the right to ask people to, to ask your own questions, then people will respond. But people are watching you and how you're going to be responding. So you have to be able to give first. Looking at it, this is, you know, like anything else in a, any other relationship that we can do, we wind up receiving much more when we give first than, than sitting back and waiting for somebody else to come and give to us. So I think if, if you have your four E's, entertainment, education, enhance their lives, and engagement, those are some of the real strong elements that will help turn on a follower magnet and allow people to come, come to you. Was, uh, the, was it a gradual uh, growth in terms of the number of followers, or was it more like a hockey stick type of growth for you? Um. It was gradual for the first three years. Then it started. Then it started hockey sticking. And, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it took the first three years. I had about thirty thousand followers on my primary account. Mm -hmm. Then, then it just started taking off. So, so can you automate any of this with some tools? Are there any tools that you are using to grow your Twitter followers? Well, some of those. Yes, there is, but the rules had changed probably within the last year. There were tools that allowed us to be able to automate some of our followers, that we could be able to have a list of people that we wanted to follow, mm -hmm. and there was automation that would go and follow those people on our behalf. In I think it was July of last year, Twitter took that automation away. So right now it's coming back, and we got a click. You know, there are still a, there are some tools, um, you know, Tweepi, which is t w e e p i dot com, Manage Flitter dot com, are both free sites where you can be able to add add to add new followers. You know, there, there's a couple other tools that I use to help manage my clients' accounts that. Uh, you know that that are paid tools, and if somebody's interested in learning more about that, we can, you know just just drop me a note at Twitter, at Gary Loper, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll we can tell you more about that. But the the automation, even not in in followers, but I think you know it brings up an important question about automation and scheduling and live tweeting. A lot of people, you know. You look at, oh, well, you know, how much should we be tweeting and going through that? And I said, well, I can't do that. My, my time's too busy. But if you automate 
some of your messages, that you create a presence. And for a couple of my clients is when they automated and so we put into a an, an automatic tweeter for them. So they put out about 20, 30 messages a day and save them about 20 hours, 30 hours a month in having to post those messages and research them. They were able to take that time then to be able to focus on engagement and talking with people and connecting with them. And from that, they were able to create and attract new clients. So, so there, there needs to be, there, there can be a workable balance in automation and live tweeting and scheduling that will make it very effective to help people grow their business. Okay. So let's say if somebody has a B2B, let's say they're an attorney or they have some kind of a B2B business, provide some services. What is reasonable for that person if they have maybe, you know, 20 minutes a day uh, to spend on Twitter um, or maybe even less, maybe just a, an hour a week? Um, how, what can they expect? What is reasonable for them to get in terms of uh, followers? Is it... You know, it's probably a, it's a difficult number to yeah to, it, to to say, but it's you know I mean because the excuse a lot of times you hear like you said it's time I don't have time so if somebody has just a little bit of time can they make a difference in their business? I think they can, and again, like a lot of a lot of the diet pills, individual results may vary, and so it depends on what you're putting out and what you're doing. I, you know, I, I see a lot of accounts who that are doing nothing but broadcasting, mm-hmm. and so they're just putting that out and going, "Hey, we got this special, or see us for this, or we specialize in this, and we do this, and we do that," and and you know, it's, it's one of my things. You know, I, I get hung up up on the B to B or B to C kind of connotations, because in reality, we're really P to P aren't we? It's people to people. Mm-hmm. So when we want to connect with people, social media allows us and people want to connect with the person. If, you know, if this isn't the yellow pages ads, this isn't the Sunday newspaper where people will you know go looking for something and go through there. We are bombarded with so much information and so many offers that what it, you really want to be able to take the time and you know apply those four E's and look at constructing your tweets the way that the reader is going to see them. So uh, Twitter can be a, a very noisy place, even if you don't have a lot of followers, um, and especially if somebody is fairly new to it. How can we filter the noise and find the people and the conversations we want to have? Ah, uh, it's, it's great. The search tool, the, the search bar on Twitter will become your new friend. And so if you wanted to be able to have a conversation, if you were, it, you know, if you were a lawyer and you wanted to find out, you wanted to have conversations with other lawyers, you could be able to put you know, you could put a lawyer in the search and it's going to bring up everybody who's mentioned lawyer in a tweet. There's a little tab on the side that will tell you the people and the people who have lawyer in their profiles. Now, to take it another step, because, you know, you want to be able to connect with other people and 
who are doing the same things that you're doing, and that's great to, for your marketing because you can, then you can be able to watch your competition. You can, you can connect with them, create alliances, but you can also learn to see what they're doing well and what they're not doing well and then how you can be able to prove it and how you can be able to stand apart from everybody else. But like for me, I've done it on occasion is I will go to that search box and I will type in the question, you know, I need help with Twitter. And that will bring up people who, who have typed that question. So then I can go in and I can be able to start answering some of those questions or invite them to be able to get my ebook that will help them solve some of the problems that they're having. So that search bar is, is incredible. Then what you want to be able to do next to really start filtering the noise is to start creating lists. Okay, let's talk about lists. Mm -hmm. uh, what are lists on Twitter and how, how do you create them? Well, how you create them is very easy. Is when you follow somebody's when you follow somebody's profile next to the follow button, there's a little gearbox. There's a little gear, and when you click on that gear, there'll be a drop-down menu. They'll come and say add, or add or remove from list, and you can click on that, and then that will bring up the list that you've already made, or if you hadn't made one, it will ask you to be able to create a list. And you can create a list that's either, you know, you can name it whatever you'd like. And then you can decide if it's a public or private list. A public list means that anybody else can be able to come in and take a look at what you've got on your list. Or a private list means that only you're seeing it, using it for your research. Now, some of the lists that, that I have is I, I have them, you know, from events that I've gone to, associations that I've belonged to, people who've retweeted me well. I've collected a bunch of healers, healers, massage therapists, people in the healing arts because of, that's part of my background. I have a lot of coaches and, you know, and some of the other list building activities that I've been in. I have, I have lists on all of those. And what that helps doing is, one, is I've, I've connected with people that I've known or met through other things. So I can be able to keep an eye on what they're doing and I can be able to watch and learn. I can be able to help. I can retweet some of their good stuff instead of being able to look at, you know, like if, if I were to look at my all friends list on Twitter, you know, with a hundred and hundred and sixteen thousand <laughs> people there, you know, that that you know, that's just hard to manage that way. Yeah, it's, it's hard to even watch and be able to see it, much less anything. So what I've d done is, you know. I think it's probably only humanly possible. We're only going to be able to keep track of 500 to 1,000 people. But with these lists that I have, I can be able to go into a different list every day and look to see what's going on with some of the people and, and still stay connected and be able to look for opportunities for collaboration, partnerships, or what I can be able to do just to maybe help them out by retweeting something that they've got going on. So... What if I only have maybe a couple of hundred um, followers? What strategies do you suggest for me to try to get new followers for my business? I mean, or anybody in the audience, because I mean, most people don't really have thousands and thousands of followers, but they may want to have more. Best Aside from the four E's, you know, right. and the engagement, you know, in addition to that. Well, great, great content is a huge thing. 
one of the best things things too we need to mention is the first impression. So your profile and your picture are absolutely critical in being able to help attract an audience. So you know, just like visiting a website, you've got four to ten seconds when somebody clicks onto your site, your Twitter page, to be able to tell them that what you do, why you're an expert, and what you know how are you going to be able to help them? So, you know, in my Twitter classes, I spend a lot of times, and my ebook has a lot of a lot of information about why you need to have a current photo, head and shoulders photo, not a high school photo, not a glamour shot, not a logo, because people want to be able to connect with people. And so, your profile is great. You know, with Twitter's new change. You know, now they have this big banner background. That's like your own personal billboard. You know, if if you go to mine it, at Gary Loper, you'll be able to see that I've got my ebooks listed there. I've got my profile repeated. I have a little little advertisements for my Twitter parties and letting know, people know when they are. And there's also a link there on how you can be able to find me on other social sites. You know, so so people, if you're looking to make that impression, let them know who you are, what you do, and how they can be able to connect with you. Another huge thing is when you're first starting out on Twitter, you you know connect with other people, retweet that, become a curator of great content. So whatever your niche is, find other industry leaders, people you know people who are already doing what you're doing and. It doesn't matter where the information comes from. People will start be able to trust you as the curator of finding it so they don't have to go look for it. Another huge mistake that people make when they first come on is they try to sell too fast. My suggestion is that you don't, don't sell until you have 2,000 tweets and 2,000 followers. Okay. It takes a while for you to be able to find your voice and build the trust and rapport that is vital in connecting with your audience. It's it's kind of like PBS and NPR, public public broadcasting system station, national public radio, is they provide good quality content 24/7 365. And a couple times a year where they do a fundraiser, we don't mind that they're asking for money because they've earned the right to be able to do that by providing that good quality content. That's the same kind of mindset that I would really strongly suggest that people look at is you want to earn the right to be able to to make connections and to be able to ask for the sale. One another huge thing it's all my golden nuggets are just popping out of my head right now is don't necessarily look at the fact, <clears throat> you know, if I got 116,000 people who are following me, not all of those people are going to buy from me. But what's important to be able to remember is that everybody that you connect with is the gatekeeper for everybody else that they know. And I found that that's very that's a very very effective strategy especially in social media is that if somebody else was retweeting my my stuff so George if you retweeted my 
my Twitter program to your audience, that becomes a third-party validation. Is like you're saying, hey, I like Gary, I trust him. This is a good stuff. I want to share this with my audience. And so you so you get that you get a referral aspect. So you know if people just realize that you know social media is a marathon. And you're not, you know, you're going to look to be able to connect with as many people as you can. But just remember that they're probably not all going to buy from you, but they have the, all have the possibility of referring you to their lists. And that's, that just opens up your reach exponentially. So, so let's talk about how can a local business expand their Twitter network with other locals? Well, what, probably one of the things, too, and, and again, it goes back to the search questions, is the power of hashtags. Hashtags is the pound sign in front of a word or a phrase with no spaces, and that becomes an extra search tool on Twitter. So, you know, you know, I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. So if I put in hashtag St. Petersburg, hashtag St. Pete, hashtag Tampa, because it's all the area, I can then be able to start searching for people who are in the area, who are in the area, and make and make those connections. Um, again, in the Twitter search, there is an advanced tool. So once you put in, so if you put in your city into the search tool, and then it's going to bring up everybody that's in your city. In the left-hand column on the bottom, uh, on the bottom of the first bracket, it will show advanced search. Now that advanced search will take you to another screen where you can be able to get very, very specific on your search. So if I wanted to find plumbers in St. Petersburg, I could I could go, you know, type in the location, type in the word plumber, and I could be able to bring that up. And so, you know, for anybody who's who's looking at being able to do that. You know, so you can be able to find customers who are who are complaining about things, you know, and then when you find those people, make a list. There's no limit to the number of people you can have on your list, but you just start searching for people who are asking questions about things. <coughs> I think one of the most effective ways to be able to build your business on Twitter is to be able to find other businesses on Twitter and create a a collaboration a marketing co-op where you start referring each other or you're running, you know, retweeting your specials and everything else. So you'd be able to help spread the word out because other local people will also build a local list. Okay. So let's talk about, um, sometimes, uh, people try to get new people to follow them and, uh, they can't add new people. Is that something because they did something wrong or something with their settings? Uh, why would that happen? Uh, Twitter has only a few rules that that hang people up. What we're talking about now is Twitter's 10% rule. And in that, when you first start out, you can follow as many people as you like up until 2,000. When you reach 2,000 follow people that you're following – your followers have to be within a 10% ratio in order for you to be able to add any any new people that you want to follow. 
So if you're following 2000, your followers has to be at least 1801 for you to be able to add any more people. Now this is an important thing to be able to look at because if, if you've done any list building work before or if you ever purchase a list of any kind, you know, the truth of it is is about one third of those lists, those people aren't there. They've moved, their phone numbers changed or whatever else. Same thing on Twitter. A lot of people start on Twitter, get confused, don't listen to shows like like you know, your success harbor and a lot of other things. They don't take classes. They don't understand. They get overwhelmed. They quit. They walk away and they abandon their accounts. On page 22 of my ebook, we share with, share with some of the ideas on people on how they can flush out the people who are not following you back or the inactive accounts. And you'll need to be able to do a little bit of this work to be able to keep flushing people out so you can be able to keep adding people who are active and current and willing to be able to engage. It's it's kind of like saving a place at a holiday dinner table for people who never show up. And yeah. there's and there's people standing at the door say, "Hey, George, I want to come in. I want to I, you know, I I want to I want to share with you." And they said, "Oh no, well, you know, there's no room for you because we're holding this place for somebody who hasn't tweeted in the last 6 months." And until your account grows bigger, you know you need to be able to keep that their active tweeting time a little bit little bit closer in order to allow you to be able to keep growing. And that's another reason too about some of the lists. One of the lists that I have is for you know high profile people, you know celebrities of whatever niche that that you're interested in, you know. Um, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, those people generally don't follow a lot of people back. But I'm interested in what they have to be able to say. So if I put them on a list, I can still see what they're, I can easily see what they're, what they're putting out, but it doesn't count against my, you know, my follower count at all. So especially in the beginning. So if you you know if you're interested, so they, you don't have to follow somebody to put it into a list. No, you don't. In other no, words. no, you don't. So okay. and that's that's a very important tool for people because you know you want to get started, and you know people like Tony and Deepak and you know Wayne Dyer or whoever else is your mentors in those areas. You'll look at them and they don't follow a lot of people back, but they provide a lot of great content. So you want to be able to put. All, all of those those mentors of yours in a list that you can be able to have access to what they're putting out every day, and that gives you easy access to putting out some great content all the time. So should we have multiple accounts on Twitter? Do you recommend to have multiple accounts? When you first start out, I'd say no. It would be kind of like chasing cats and, <laughs> and trying to herd cats. And so it, it does. It's it would be very difficult for you to be able to do that. If you've got two distinct business things that that don't mesh, then you may want to consider it. But what I would really for is get the first one going. Get get the get the rainmaker moving for you. Get let make that make rain, 
And then once you figure that out and find your voice, build your audience, and, and figure out what works for you there, then then you can start duplicating what you've already done. But if you're trying to be able to you know try to be able to juggle two of them at the same time, it doesn't work. Where I have multiple accounts is one of the other one of their other rules on Twitter is what people say, well, I'm in Twitter jail. And what that means is that they've tweeted too much, too fast. Twitter allows you to be able to tweet 1,000 tweets per day. And it even breaks that down into about 100 tweets per hour. And if they feel that you're tweeting too much, too fast, they're going to put you in Twitter jail, which is basically a timeout. So, you, so you're not going to allow to post uh, for about an hour or until the, their API system resets. So where I started using my second accounts was my Twitter parties. I do a lot of we do a lot of tweeting, and so if there's a very active party. I, I've been in Twitter jail a couple times where I wouldn't be able to tweet at my own party, so I opened, you know, got my second account moving and brought that in so that I could be able to tweet from both accounts and be able to stay active in my party and not, and not be put in jail. Okay, that makes sense. So how much time is needed to make an impression and attract an audience on Twitter? Again, individual results are going to vary. So let's say, let's talk about Success Harbor. My audience is, I, I know exactly who my audience My audience are, on, are entrepreneurs, small businesses. And, you know, I interview entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's not, a, not that easy of a market as a B2C type of market because it's um, obviously much smaller than, than, a, than a consumer type of target. So... What do you think? I don't have hours a day to do this. So if I only have, you know, maybe 20 minutes that I can put into it, what can I expect in terms of, you know, getting attention? Well, one of my clients is a um, is a sales coach. And he doesn't have very much time actually. He probably doesn't he doesn't play on Twitter as much as he he should be. But and I manage his account so we're automating his presence and he checks in periodically and I suggest that you check in daily to be able to respond to people. But one of the things that we did to be able to help get him noticed is he's he's on the top he's number 13 of the top 100 sales sales conversations on Twitter. And how we got that attention for him is we used hashtags. We use hashtags like sales tips. He's also big in uh, goal setting tips. Uh, time management tips. Uh, we used his book title in, in in his tweets, and in doing that, because it, you know if you, if people are looking for sales tips, they're going to go into that search box and they're going to go find. You know, they're going to look for uh, hey uh, some sales tips, and and that just gives you an extra magnet. So if you can't spend a lot of time, identify who who your target target audiences, what conversations, what hashtags are being used within that community, and start putting a lot of tweets that contain those 
hashtags those subjects, and that will be a magnet to be able to have them come and take a look at what you've got. You know, I think a lot of times people, you know, we need to look at the sales funnel mentality. You know, we have the image of a sales funnel, right? And what my vision of how social media works for this is by putting good content out there and using some of the strategies by, you know, hashtags and fill up our, our streams with that, being good curators of content. What that allows, that builds a platform on the top of our sales funnel, which allows everybody who's rolling around the Twitterverse to be able to step off for a second, stay on, stand on top of our platform, and be able to take a closer look at who we are, what we're offering, and, and if our tweets are inviting, then they're more apt to be able to click on them. Now, this is something you know want to make sure that we share with this is because it's a big, big mistake from a lot of people, is when a reader reads your tweets, reads your email subject lines, <laughs> reads your Facebook thing, there are two thoughts that come across their mind. It's either, so what, or tell me more. So we really want these, tell me more. You know, tell me more about that. And this is a great example of the star and the choir and cosmopolitan. You know, in, they're in a checkout line when we go out to the grocery store. They got those sexy, interesting, attention-grabbing headlines that make you pick that magazine up to be able to look to see, well, what do they mean? What's this recipe? How do I lose this weight? What, you know, what can I do this summer? Where, what are we going to All of those things create that excitement and tell me more. So that's why I want people to really start looking from a place of service that your tweets, your offers need to be coming from solving your clients, your prospects' problems, and not just a benefit or anything, solve their problem in a way that they're going to be looking for it, and that's going to allow them to be, you know, then you'll start getting the better results. Yeah. Uh, I just have I have uh, one more question. When there is an internet, let's say you know I post something on I tweet, and uh, somebody reacts to my to my tweet, should I follow them or should I just worry about the interaction and let them follow first? What is there some kind of a protocol or or what works better, so to speak? Well, I have just one follow rule is I follow anybody who follows me until they give me a reason to not follow them. And so I follow everybody who follows me. One of my other strategies is I follow a lot of people who are having the conversation who I, who I feel I would be able to serve. So it, it becomes that, you know, following, following somebody back isn't, isn't necessarily an obligation. It's a choice. But again, going back to that, what we shared, that everybody's a gatekeeper for everybody they know, and we don't necessarily know how we're going to impact somebody's life, you know, with the, the story with the young girl who who is contemplating suicide. But even, you know, it, early on I started vetting some of, I was, I was vetting some of the people who I was following, and I was going, okay, well, you know, this person doesn't seem to be right, or we're not in alignment, but I, 
So one day I just stopped because I, you know, there was a gangster rapper who was retweeting a bunch of my tweets. And I looked at it and I go, well, you know, there's, you know, the language was completely different. The energy on his page was completely foreign to the energy that on my page and my persona. But over time, he became one of my best retweeters. And even over a little bit longer time, the tone of his page changed and his conversation changed. So if we're coaches and if we're looking to be able to make an impact in the world, you know, following people back and giving them an opportunity until they take that opportunity away from themselves, I, I think is the best strategy, is connect with as many people as you can, whether you're doing it first or you're responding to them. You know, we all love to be pursued and we love, to, and, you know, so, you know, I know for me, I love being pursued. But I also know that other people have that same feeling. So it's a, so it's a give and take. So it's it's a yes to both both aspects of your question. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, Gary, I really want to thank you for coming on Success Harbor today and share your wisdom about Twitter. How can people connect with you to, to see if you can help them or, you know, either if it's Twitter or anything else? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, if you're looking for help on Twitter, I'm offering a free 30-minute consultation where we'll get together and we'll do a screen share. And so we'll look at your Twitter account, we'll answer your Twitter questions, and help you create a, new, a strategy that you can be able to implement to your Twitter. And you can get that by going to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash review Twitter. And the R in review and the T in Twitter are capitalized. Bit.ly is case sensitive. And also, you know, I'd love for you to be able to connect with me on Twitter, at Gary Loper. And you can also find a lot of stuff about my, my e-books, my Twitter classes, uh, my Twitter parties by going to GaryLoper.com. That's G-A-R-Y-L-O-P-E-R.com. Just drop me a note to take a look, and I'll be happy to help you because, you know, like I said, I'm passionate about helping entrepreneurs, helping people in the healing arts be able to find their voice and be able to utilize Twitter because I think it is the most powerful social media tool out there because we can really talk to the entire world. You know, Facebook, LinkedIn, we have to be able to go through a vetting process and we have to be able to be friends. And there's, there's, it's hard to be able to search subjects of conversations and be able to make new connections on those other networks. Twitter, it's wide open. And I, I'd love to be able to share with people on how to be able to do that. And we can give you a little bit of taste in the Twitter review and we'll also give you an opportunity and tell you about my classes that were really really designed to be able to help you really accelerate it, accelerate your Twitter Twitter growth, if it's something that you're comfortable with as we go through the review. But the review, Sounds good. the review is free, and I'm happy to be able to help. Sounds good, Gary. Again, thank you very much. And everybody out there, go and say hi to Gary at GaryLoper.com. Thank you, and I wish you much success, and hopefully you'll come back in the future uh, again. Oh, I'm always, always ready to be able to come back, George, so... Safe harbors, success harbors are always a great thing to do and happy to be able to help. So until next time, happy tweeting. Thank you. Thanks, George.